Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the pilots and the flight attendants, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called Coffee, Tea, or Me. Now, I realize that this is a cliche, obvious title for a flight attendant podcast episode, but you have to give me a little credit for showing some restraint. It's been two years now that I've been doing this, and I'm just now doing the episode called Coffee, Tea, or Me. I think that's pretty good. So in this episode, we have stories about, big surprise, coffee, tea, other beverages, and then let's just call them some romantic stories. It seems like if I ever tell anyone that I'm a flight attendant or that I have a flight attendant airline podcast, they always want to know about the Mile High Club stories. It just seems to be something that everybody wants to know about. So we have one of those and then some other romantic stories involving me when I'm traveling. So let's get going with the, would you like coffee, tea, or me episode. My entire body aches and make my way to the kitchen, find my favorite cup, feel it to the brim, and I drink it all, it's all right, it's okay, after my first cup of coffee every day. Just recently had a flight and I had this girl, high maintenance. She said she was high maintenance in the back. She goes, I'm known for being high maintenance. I want a cocktail. And I said, okay, I'll give her a hot dog. I don't have any money. Oh, my boyfriend behind me will have pay. And so I, I, you know, I, I gave her the cocktail and the guy in the back, you know, he, he kind of didn't have any money either. So we had to ask his friend to buy her the drink. So, you know, and then she, she did it again a second time. I was a little hesitant to serve her anymore. And then we have to always do the one last service just before land, an hour out before landing. And I was kind of like hoping she wouldn't say anything. I said, anything, anything to drink here in this section? And she said, no. I was about to leave. Tea. Excuse me? Tea. I want tea. I got, and I looked at her and I said, okay, how do you take it? And she looked at me and she said, in a cup. <laughs> I'm brewing a fresh pot. It's just been ground. It's and I love that so getting to the or me part of the coffee tea or me, I was in Tobago last March. Now, anywhere I go by myself, I get a lot of attention because I'm blonde and blue eyes and most of the places I travel to, I look different. So whenever you look different, it seems like you're more desirable. You get a lot of attention. I'm used to that. It's funny because... <laughs> I can't imagine complaining about that here in Los Angeles. Gosh darn it, everybody I run into is interested in me and everybody wants a date. Damn it. <laughs> it's not like that at all here, but it is when you're traveling somewhere else. So um, I'm in Tobago though, and it was so much worse than anywhere I've been. I mean, I couldn't get over the attention I was getting. It was off-putting. I mean, men were literally like jumping up and down, screaming out of cars, waving, following me out of restaurants. I even had people knocking on my hotel room doors. I was getting a little nervous. And I didn't understand why it was so dramatic in Tobago. It was like I was walking around in heat. <laughs> crazy. So on like day 
four of my trip, I'm on a tour. We are going to this bird island where they've got a lot of, um, there's nobody living on the island. It's just a lot of shorebirds, a lot of interesting birds. And uh, this 22-year-old guy, uh, the guide, um, was very nice. And I'm kind of a fast hiker. A lot of the tourists were kind of slow. They didn't have the right shoes, whatever. So the two of us were sort of out ahead on the hike. And uh, I finally just asked him point blank. I'm like, you know, man, what is with the men on this island? I just don't get it. I mean, I've gotten attention other places, but nothing to this level. It's just weird. And he said to me, in this tone, like he was reading it out of the dictionary. <laughs> like, this is just fact. You know, he said, oh, well, that's because women come to this island to, quote unquote, get with a black man. And I was just like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's why women come here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know any women that go on vacation for that. <laughs> he was like, it just was a strange thing to say. And he said, oh, no, that's why women come here. And it was obvious that this is what he believed. And then it made a lot more sense why everybody was jumping up and down and yelling at me. It's because they think you're there for like, sort of like what happens on vacation, stays on vacation. Like I'm looking for my vacation boy toy, you know, and that's not why I go on vacation. And, but it seemed like then after I knew this, and if I would tell this to men, they just didn't seem to believe you. And there's also some movie, I don't know the name of the movie, the movie, it's a European movie about women, blonde European women going <laughs> to Tobago to, for the men. And uh, so I guess everybody in Ireland has seen this movie. And they think that's why you're there. And I even asked this young guy, I'm like, so is it just because I'm by myself? Is that why you think that? And he said, oh, no. And I said, so if you see two women on vacation, you still think that's why they're here? And he's like, yes. <laughs> like, All right. It's just a strange mindset. But obviously, it must happen sometimes or else they wouldn't believe this so adamantly. So anyway, <laughs> it kind of made for a, a, a strange trip. And uh like I said, can you imagine me complaining about this here in Los Angeles? Gosh darn it, everybody wants me. I can't stand it. <laughs> so in a way, it's weird to complain about it, but it's also uh, strange when you're by yourself. It's like I, I really felt like I was limited in what I could do. So anyway, I have another story about the same topic later on the episode. Add a little sugar, a little bit of cream to my morning's best friend. If you know what I mean. My wife is a new flight attendant, and she's pretty nervous about, you know, dealing with pilots and anybody else. And uh, they had called back on a flight for some coffee with cream and sugar in it. So she fixes the two cups of coffee and steps up in the cockpit. In a DC-6, there was, it was a step up to it. And, of course, there, those airplanes flew low and in a lot of turbulence and everything. Well, right about the time she opened the cockpit door to give, the, give them the coffee... She hit the step as the airplane hit some turbulence, and the coffee just went everywhere. Hit the windshield in slow motion, bounced off the glare shield all over the guys. And all she remembers is the co-pilot turning around slowly with one big drop of coffee coming off (laughs) the end of his nose. And she has got that image burned in her mind. (laughs) 
So it's a morning flight, and I'd only gotten about three hours sleep the night before. So, you know, I really wasn't on my game, so to speak. And it's a morning flight, so I'm serving a lot of coffee. And in first class, when we serve coffee, we open up the little individual coffee creamers and pour the cream in. And then in the economy section, we hand them the coffee and the little creamer. So a guy asked me for coffee with cream. So I give it to him and he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And he's looking at his coffee and I look down and I had plopped the little creamer into the coffee unopened and it was floating around in the coffee like a little boat. (laughs) That is not how you're supposed to serve coffee. I had to apologize. I didn't get much sleep and give him a coffee. But it was worth a good laugh. Stop the Mountain Dew can't do it. I know it's just a shot of caffeine. We worked in the flight from LA to Las Vegas and it continued on to Fort Lauderdale. It was an all nighter, full moon. And as we're boarding the flight, right at the end, they were all it's a full flight, right at the very end, there's like a commotion. And this girl comes on with this guy. Okay, the guy is like Tom Selleck guy, but shorter and not as cute. Big Hawaiian shirt, you know. Yeah, like, a, you know, he's like Hawaiian guy, but, you know, like almost 60, you know, thinks he's cool. <laughs> and here's his date, comes on with him. She has to be maybe 20, probably about 5 foot 11. Her skirt is about 5 inches long from top to bottom and pink spandex. And her top is about small, as big, same size as the skirt. And she's blonde. I mean, beautiful, beautiful girl. But, I mean, we thought she was going to a show in Vegas. You know, blonde hair, has her hair all up. And she had like five inch heels on, and she comes tottering on the airplane. Yeah, I mean, she barely could stand up. I mean, the little girl's about falling over. And she's with this, you know, the 60 year old guy, the Hawaiian smoozer guy. So she toddles on, and then first of all, she comes on and says, Hi! You know, she's like, Can I say hi to the pilots? And so, you know, we so Sure, go on up. So she goes on up to the cockpit, and she bends over and shows her a little rear end to the rest of the plane, who's, who's all noticed her by now. Every man on the plane is now staring down the aisle. And, um, the, you know, of course, her cleavage is hanging out, so the pilots are very happy, too. <laughs> she's like, hi, and then she gets up, and she toddles down the aisle to her seat. And she sits down, and we're, like, wondering how she's going to sit down in that skirt, you know, because she was obviously in the back not wearing a full pair of panties. <laughs> so she sits down in her seat, you know, and the whole plane just keeps talking about her. It's only, it's only an hour flight, so not much drama after we get on. But, you know, we're sure she gets, was going to get off and... Sure enough, we reboard for Fort Lauderdale. Here she comes, toddling back on again. And she says, can I say hi to the pilots? We're all, sure, <laughs> again. She goes up there and bends over again, and she gives her a little show to the whole, you know. So all the men are still, you know, the whole airplane, every seat's full. Off we go, you know, to Fort Lauderdale. So it's bumpy when we get in the air, so we're seated for a little while. Flying with, you know, this male flight attendant. And uh, he's so funny because, you know, he was just, like, in awe of this girl, like everybody else. And he's like, oh, my God, look at her. You know, because you walk by, you can see right up her skirt, the whole thing. And so right, it's been bumpy after we get off, so it took a while to start the beverage service. So they were a little, this couple was a little anxious for us to get started with the beverage service. They, I think they've done this before. So um, as soon as we pull the cart out, they run back here and jump in the bathroom together. Like sitting there going, we can't start the service. We have to wait. We can't miss this. Yes, it's like you're against the door. He's like, what's going on in there? Like finally, so we wait like five minutes. I'm like, okay, I'll give him this little, you know, fun time. So we wait, wait. We're not coming out. So I'm like, we gotta start the service. He's like, okay, but you gotta keep sending me to the back every now and then. So we start the service, and like every, you know, couple minutes, you know, I go back there and um, I need some tea. And he runs back to get some tea just so I can check it out. And he has this ear against the door. 
they were in there, you know, a while. But finally this passenger comes back and didn't know they were in there. And he pushed on the door and the whole door fell in. And these people were like, you know, not dressed. <laughs> so the door, like, they, they did, well, they had it locked, but it fell off the hinges. Like, the, the back hinge, like, fell off. So I don't know what happened. but So anyways, yeah, they, like, pushed the door back up, and the guy was like, oh, my God. You know, his face was red, and he kind of ducked in. And so we're still on the cart serving, and passengers all around are asking, they're in the bathroom together, aren't they? They're, in, I mean, the whole, I mean, like, row 10 knows that in the back of the aircraft, these two are in the bathroom together. And, like, there's kids, they're like, oh, God, what do I answer, you know? So finally, they come out of the bathroom. It gets better. They come out of the bathroom, and they're in the back galley. We're still serving away. And next thing you know, we see, like, a flash. And, like, you got to send me back. I'm like, okay, go get me some more tea. I have, like, six cups of tea lined up on my cart. So runs to the back again, and he runs back. He's like, oh, my God. He tells me, he's like, they're taking pictures. He's like, not only are they taking pictures, he's taking pictures of her. He has her seated on the jump seat, pulling her skirt up with her. And he's taking pictures across the galley of her sitting there. So this episode's a little bit like coffee talk, isn't it? A lot of coffee stories. Well, we serve a lot of coffee on the airplane because in the morning, a lot of people need that jolt to wake up. And we as flight attendants are no different. I need I need the coffee. We sometimes need the coffee more than the passengers because, you know, we're getting up on the wrong coast. You know, it's like one o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock in the morning. It's really the middle of the night when it's the first flight out on the East Coast. So I'm on the airplane. I'm drinking my coffee as I'm doing pre-departure drinks in first class. We, we drink our coffee out of the same cups. We serve it to the passenger, right? And I, I take my coffee with cream and a sweetener. So, um, you know, I'm having a sip of coffee as I come back up to the galley and then go back out and get more drinks for the passengers. And this gentleman had ordered his coffee with cream. So I went, I made the coffee with cream. I take it out to him. And then I go to take a sip of my coffee. And I pause because my coffee isn't sweet. You know, and because it's morning, it's the middle of the night, I'm tired, takes a few seconds. And then I realize, dun, 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 dun. Oh my God, I've given him my coffee. Cause I look out in the cabin, like I look out and I see my lipstick on the cup. He has not noticed yet. And now this will definitely wake you up. This is really a jolt when you realize <laughs> you've served the passenger coffee. You've already been drinking with your lipstick on the cup. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. What am I going to do? So I, I ran out there. He's just about to drink it. I don't want to admit to him that I've given him my coffee. So I was like, I grab it. He's just about to put it to his lips. And I grab it. I go, oh, you know, sir, that was the very last cup out of that pot. I don't think it's very good. We just made a fresh pot. I'm just going to go get you another cup. You know, he never knew the difference. I, I went back up to the galley and I was like, whoo, sure. <laughs> now that will wake you up more than the coffee. Back when I was flying the right seat of the 737, this was in the days of that old Folgers coffee commercial, a chosen airplane flying along. It says, ladies and gentlemen, we have bad news, or we're out of coffee, and the airplane turns around. Well, we're in Idaho Falls, early morning flight, going to Salt Lake, and uh, it was a cold night, and the water tank had froze. We could not get any coffee. And uh, actually, the flight tent was able to brew about half a pot before it stopped. So she came up to the cockpit. We're already airborne. She goes, Captain, we're down to just half a pot, and it's not brewing anymore. What do I do? So Captain says, well, first thing you do is you pour me some coffee. And uh, so we got our coffee, and she goes, well, what do you want me to tell the passengers? And I said, oh, I'll, I'll talk to the folks. And the captain goes, oh, you're a brave man. You go ahead. 
So I, I made the following pay. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, we're en route to Salt Lake City. We should be there in about another 45 minutes. The weather's, you know, cold. It's winter and there's snow and everything, but shouldn't be a problem. However, I do have some bad news. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of coffee. However, we are not turning back. And we are continuing where the uh, weather should be fine when we get there. Thank you very much. And everybody loved it and nobody had a problem. It's been around a while and it's here to stay. It's that first cup of coffee every day. So you have a story about one of our flight attendants who flew for uh, many, many, many years. She was in her 70s and one of the flight attendants related this story. She was, she would forget what she was supposed to do. And she was working in first class and the story goes she was serving coffee and somebody struck up a conversation with her so she sat down next to the passenger and about that time the the lead flight attendant came back and said hey um you know she was being sarcastic she said well could i get you anything and she goes oh yeah i'll have a cup of coffee she forgot she was working the flight and she she forgot she was working the flight and she uh thought she was ordering a cup of coffee for things no no you you need to come back to work so many flavors from which to choose you got your drive so back to the romantic vacation stories in november i went to easter island rapa nui had a fabulous time loved that island i'm still sort of on a high from it <laughs> but uh I arrived there by plane late afternoon, immediately changed, got out, want to see the town, um, so excited to be there. And I start walking towards the beach and right at the beach, there's, there's Moai, the big statues, the famous, what they're famous for, you know, they're like the eighth wonder of the world. You've seen pictures of them. There are these mysterious, huge statues they erected without any machines, without any animals. And, uh, it's the main reason that most people go to Rapa Nui, Easter Island, is because of the Moai. And I, I couldn't believe they were right there. I thought for sure I would have to take a tour, get a, a car, have to do something. I didn't think you could just walk right out to the beach and there's one. And then I look up the up the coast and I see, I see another one in the distance. So I start walking and I was thinking, oh my gosh, there's another one. I walked a little further and I was like, oh my God, there's five more. <laughs> I was just amazed. And now... I ended up walking about an hour and a half. Now there's nobody around. It's just me and the Moai and the crashing waves. And I'm thinking, this is just fan-freaking-tastic. <laughs> and then at that point, two local Rapa Nui guys come galloping up on horses. I mean, and, and fast, right to me. And there's nobody around. And I, I'm sort of standing there like, am I supposed to be afraid? Is this like a gallop up mugging? I don't know. I just arrived. I, uh, I don't know how safe it is. <laughs> and I was just kind of looking at them like, huh, you know, I don't know if I should be holding my purse tighter. Anyway, they certainly were not, they meant me no harm. <laughs> it turned out that island was so safe. I felt totally safe doing everything on that island. But um, these two guys, they basically just start talking and... Uh, the one guy starts talking more. He gets off his horse and he says, uh, so do you want to sit and watch the sunset with the Moai? And I was thinking, I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> we sit and it is kind of romantic. You know, this guy, when he came galloping up, he's got on no shirt, but a jacket and like a tribal necklace, long hair. Um, 
And now we're sitting, you know, on Easter Island watching the sunset with the Moai. And uh, we're having a nice chat. And I love talking to the local people. That's the main reason I go on vacation to learn, to learn about other places. And uh, next thing I know, it's actually getting colder because the sun is going down, right? I'm thinking I need a jacket. Um, He starts slowly lowering his jacket. (laughs) So right now it's like on his shoulders. And I'm thinking, well, that's a little strange. So it's showing more of his bare chest, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, well, that's not exactly subtle. <laughs> We're talking some more. Next thing you know, he's got it further down. <laughs> I'm like thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're doing this. I mean, he's a young guy, young, good-looking guy. We're talking talking some more. Next thing you know, he's got it around his waist. He's sitting there bare-chested, you know, tan. And I'm thinking, I this is just I, you know, I gotta, I don't like to ever lead anybody on. I gotta, I gotta stop this. This is, I'm not looking for, you know, a Rapa Nui boyfriend. And, um, I tell him, oh, you know, I'm cold. It's getting cold. I'm going to go back into town. And he's like, no, I'll take you on my horse. And I was thinking, oh, I think I want to get on his horse, you know, with the bare chested local guy. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'll walk. He's like, no. Um, and so, I'm like, no, no, I don't want to get on your horse. So I keep walking. And then he leaves and gallops away. And I was thinking, okay, that was easier than I thought. You know, you can't usually shake people that easily. And then next thing you know, he comes up on a scooter, like a motorcycle. And he's like, get on the back. I'll take you back to your hotel. And I was like, okay. I'm thinking, gosh, I've been here for like three hours. I'm already on the back of some local Rapa Nui guy shirtless on his bike. (laughs) Anyway, it turned out fine. We had a couple drinks. It was very nice. I was basically had to explain to him that that's not interested in that. It seems like when I'm on vacation, I disappoint a lot of men, which I don't like that aspect of it. But anyway, the next day, I am on a tour with a bunch of people. And I'm sort of telling them about this guy's name was Juan. And I was calling him Don Juan to Rapa Nui. (laughs) I was telling him how funny he was. I was taking off his shirt. (laughs) And uh, these other tourists that were from England, they go, oh, did you read about them? I'm like, read about what? And they go, here. They took out the one of their, they had a different guidebook than I did. They had the rough guide and they open it up and there's a page on exactly what happened to me. They, it, it, the, the, it, it's called uh, Rapa Nui Romeos, it said. And it said, oh, you know, a lot of women come to this island and, you know, it is such a magical island and the men are very attractive and, you know, they, they, they do cut a romantic, almost romance novel cover pictures on their horse and a lot of women tourists tend to fall for them and uh, they end up moving back there and then lots of times it doesn't work out, obviously, because... Um, it seems I found out later that they will lie to the, the tourists about um, how old they are. So if you're older than they are, they'll, they'll up their age. They, they basically will tell you what age, whatever age they think you'll like. And um, <laughs> I found out later, actually, from my, my friend Juan, my Don Juan de Rapa Nui friend. He said he actually saw me get off the airplane. He saw I was by myself. saw I was blonde. He came looking for me. I was actually stalked as soon as I got there. <laughs> like I said, it was harmless. Um, and, uh, but anyway, I, uh, I talked to this woman later on in my trip and, uh, she was from Australia. She was about my age, blonde. And she said, oh, you know, I came here a few months ago and I met this guy. He told me he was 36 and we had this wonderful romance. So I guess, you know, 
there are some vacation romances, and that's why men assume this. But uh, she said, we had this romance. It was so great. I went back to Australia, got another ticket to move back to the island. And she said when she got there, she found out he, he was 26, had two kids. He wasn't married, but he had already met a younger blonde tourist, was with somebody else. And I said, oh, I, I guess you didn't see that um, that write-up in the travel guide. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, oh, the rough guy has this. This page about the Rapa Nui Romeos. <laughs> she basically had fallen for it. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> anyway, in general, though, I think for most of you men out there, I don't think most women, I could be wrong, I don't think most of us go on vacation for that. And I don't think most women fall for the slowly taking your shirt off routine. I, that's just a little, uh, <laughs> it's just a little much. Well, that's about it for this coffee, tea, or me episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I will put a picture of my Rapa Nui Romeo, my Don Juan de Rapa Nui, on my website in case you're interested. And uh, I hope you'll join me again next time for another episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. Cup of coffee every day. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. <laughs>